0: Before we dive into this episode, I wanted to let you know of something that we just recently announced that we are so excited about at ABT and our Virtual Hitting Academy is getting a facelift in 2022. So, so excited for this. We are adding monthly guest speakers that are going to come in and coach you. You're going to have exclusive access to one-on-one coaching with me where we can talk about hitting our mental game, a hundred plus hours of videos of hitting drills, mental skills coaching, workouts and more free hitting journal, some gear and so 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 much more that is just scratching the surface with this virtual hitting academy. We are so excited enrollment begins January 1st but if you join the waitlist now you will get early access and freebies. By joining the waitlist. So, joining the waitlist is free. So, just head over to www.ashleybtraining.com to get access to all the freebies all of the things that we're giving you inside the ABT waitlist. We are so, so, so excited to launch this on January 1st. And if you're just interested at all, you're going to want to join that waitlist. So head to www.ashleybetraining.com. You will be shown where you can sign up for the waitlist and get ready because things are about to get exciting. All right, let's head to this episode. Hey there, I'm Ashley Burkhart owner of Ashley V Training, former D1 athlete, and professional athlete in the game of softball. I even spent a little bit of time coaching at the college level as well, but now I coach athletes and especially youth athletes. And I try to teach them the ways to become the very best versions of themselves. And I know that they can't do that without a support system that will do anything and everything to make sure their dreams and their goals happen for them. A lot of times I hear parents and coaches saying, hey, I'm just gonna dish my athlete off to you. Hopefully you can figure out what her issue is. Here's the deal, that's not how we should coach. That's not how we should parent. And I can tell you right now, I'm not a parent, but your athlete is the most influenced by you. And I truly believe that you are one of the reasons why she plays the game. And I truly believe you are one of the reasons why she plays so hard. So if we can learn from some of the greats, I'm gonna have some of the best softball players, some of the best softball players, parents, even my parents and my family are gonna be on this podcast sharing our journeys with you so that when the cleats do come off, you know what to say so that she can learn from her mistakes sooner, so that she can become the best version of her. And that's what we want. We want our athletes to be able to thrive. And that's why we're here. So welcome to this podcast. This is going to get real. This is going to get deep. And I'm here to challenge your thinking. That's why I coach. I'm really excited for you to be here. And I can't wait to hear who else is going to be along this journey with us. Learning from some of the best. I'm going to be learning too. So without your notebook, and let's head to the next episode. Hey there, and welcome to When the Cleats Come Off. I'm your host, Ashley Agle, and I'm very, very excited to give you an episode that has been highly anticipated. Now, I'm going to make this one a little short and sweet, because let's be real, we got some cookie cutting and decorating to get to, so let's make this quick. I'm going to give you challenges to end your hitting sessions with. And what I decided to do is I divided them up between front toss challenges, T challenges, and then challenges that you can do with absolutely nothing if you just aren't training with anything that day. You can do this challenge whenever. So let's start with the first one, front toss. I love giving athletes ownership to rate their own hits, So for example, a one would be a not so great hit, like a pop-up to the pitcher or the infielder or a dribbler on the ground or a swing and miss for that matter. A two would be somewhere between two and three, three being like a rocket, a BB, a hard line drive off the bat. Two is somewhere in between that. So maybe a decent ground ball or a decently hit ball off the bat. That would be a two. So what I do is sometimes I'll mix in. I'll say, here you go. You have 10 balls. And you're going to take, actually, I should say 10 strikes because nobody's perfect and throws all strikes, but you'll get 10 strikes. And within those 10 strikes, you're trying to get X amount of points. So one, again, is the not so good hit. Two is the average hit. Three is the rocket. And let's say you give them 10, then probably around a number 15 to 20 would be a good hit number to try to reach. If you don't really know where to start with that, start with 15 and kind of go from there. If they easily get 15, well, next time you work with her, try to go for 16 or try to go for 17. The goal is to make it challenging enough to where they get a little bit nervous because there might be some sort of repercussion at the end. For example, if I have athletes that I say, hey, let's get 15 this round. If they don't get 15, then they have five burpees and then we go again until they get their 15. It's enough. And I say burpees because most athletes that I work with really don't like burpees. And it's enough to kind of get them really serious and locked in. Um, And another flair that I love to add with challenges like this are if they get it, if they beat the tough number that I give them, then I do the burpees or I do the push-ups, or I do whatever it is that they don't want to do. Because then that's another incentive to want to lock in and get it done. That's the same type of lock-in that they want to have in games. And I love being able to do challenges like this and get them excited, get their heart rate up so that they have to complete the challenge with a high heart rate. So that's one specific drill you could do out a front toss. Another one that I came up with were... Basically, saying you get five balls and you have to choose how many hard line drives you get within the five. So, four would be a pretty tough challenge. Um, if you are working with a younger athlete, maybe choose like three or two, depending on kind of how the day goes. If they're hitting a hard line drive, you know, within. You know, every other hit, then maybe you bring it up to three or four out of five. And again, you don't have to just use five balls. You can do 10 balls, but the idea is make it challenging for them. When they see the challenge, they're like, okay, this is tough, but I'm going to do this. And same thing. If they complete it, then... I'll do the repercussions and you don't always have to do that, but especially for the young ones, they love to see their coach or their parent do some burpees or do some push-ups. So even more incentive for them to lock in and get the job done. Next one, two hardline drives in a row. This one for some is tough. And for some of my older ones, I always say two hardline drives in a row within six swings or six strikes. That's a pretty tough number, but maybe if you have a younger athlete you do two line drives in a row within 10 balls or 10 strikes. That itself is pretty tough because here's the deal. The second one is obviously harder to get than the first, and if you give them 10 balls to work with, then they can go through a couple times to try to realize, okay, the first one's easier than the second. How can I make sure I get the second? Guide them, tell them that second ball it's nothing different than the first. You just added pressure to yourself in the second. So encourage them when they're doing challenges like this to just remember what that really good line drive felt like or that really good ball that they hit earlier felt like. Then they can lock in and focus on what it is they want to do. So two line drives in a row within six to maybe 10 swings, that's a pretty tough challenge. Another one that I like to do is use the screen that I'm tossing from as a prime location to hit the ball to. So normally when you're front tossing, you're directly in front of them. Um, Especially for my righties, I throw right-handed as well. So my screen is kind of lined up between second base and the second baseman. So that's working kind of opposite field. So I really, really love having them try to hit line drives into that screen and be really focused on hitting a hard line drive there because I'm up close and Obviously, that's not really going to be a focal point in games, but at least getting externally focused on making sure I hit a ball there, that requires them to get inside the pitch. I will definitely recommend this hitting drill for some of the older athletes, maybe high school or seventh or eighth grade, to hit that screen two times in a row. And don't give them a certain limit at first because it's honestly really, really hard to do. Um, So just for body awareness purposes, if you're working on getting balls to, let's say, opposite field for a righty, or you're just trying to work up the middle with a lefty, hitting that screen is a really, really good indicator of working and taking that ball up the middle and staying inside the ball. So I love, love, love that drill. If you haven't noticed yet, you should probably whip out a notebook for this episode because I'm talking about so many different types of challenges that you can add for your athlete. And here's the deal too. There are probably hundreds of thousands of challenges that you can do in a hitting cage. And honestly, if you're thinking right now, oh my gosh, I do this one, or oh my gosh, I do something similar, I would love to hear that. I wasn't planning on talking about this, but I want to hear that from you. So either in the show notes, if you're on Apple Podcasts, or write a review of like whether you do this stuff, or if you want to head to my Facebook group, ABT Community, um, it's under my Ashley Burkhart Training, and it's a Facebook group, just ABT Community. I want that to be a community for podcast listeners to be able to talk about and share some of the ideas that work for you. So head on over there. I'll put it in the show notes for ABT Community, but let me know if, if you do any of these. All right. One last one that I love to do off a front toss. And by the way, you could do this off of live pitching too. If you happen to be a coach that can pitch, Um, my dad happened to do that for me, but not everybody pitches. But if you have a live arm or, or anything front toss where the ball's coming at you from the front, you can obviously do it here. Um, Pitching machines work as well. So the last one that we're going to do for front toss or live pitching or machine is situational hitting. So I like doing situations because it makes them imagine what it is that they want to do. So for example, saying that there's a runner at first, less than two outs, their job is to advance the runner then you throw the ball. If they complete the task, then that counts as a rep, as, as like one point. Maybe you plan to do five different situations and they need to execute well three of the five situations. That's a really, really good indicator um, for them to be able to kind of put and imagine that game in their brain and then execute along with it. Now, let's go to work. All right. I love love the T, and I love working on line drives off the tee. So if you're in a cage and you have a T, here's one that I love to do. I line up the T right down the middle of the plate, and the goal is to hit a line drive into the very back wall of the cage without hitting the top, the sides, or the bottom. That indicates that they hit through the ball and they got completely extended with that barrel. So line drives into the back wall, And let's say the goal is to get two in a row, or the goal is to get one out of five reps. It's a really tough challenge to do, but it really makes them lock in. And honestly, if you've never done this drill or drills that we've already said, or drills that I'm about to talk about, definitely make it easier at first, like get it, Get an idea for what she's capable of and don't make it completely out of left field and say, oh, you got to go five for five on line drives to the back wall if they don't have that type of barrel control yet. So good rule of thumb, start with like a median. If you are saying, okay, you're going to get five reps, maybe start with like, all right, let's get one out of five and see where it goes. And then if she easily gets that, then go to two. Just get a feel for how she's adjusting and that'll give you a good indicator on how to go about these challenges. I'm giving you probably like 15 challenges right now and you don't have to do all of them in your first session, please don't. But choose ones that get her excited or challenge her a ton and when she does it, she feels like a million bucks. By the way, have fun with it too. If you wanna add burpees for not completing it in one round, then do it. But don't overwork your kid to where she's gonna like hate doing it, if that makes sense. Make it so it's a challenge that she's willing and obviously a little nervous to complete, but it makes her have to lock in and get the job done. And I keep repeating that statement, but it's true. That's the whole point of challenges. The next one that I love to do is if you have a hitting screen in your cage, so like a front toss screen or just any sort of screen, put it in the very... Middle of the cage. Normally, screens aren't as big as the entire cage itself. The surface area is a little smaller. I put it in the very middle of the cage, and I love having athletes off the tee try to hit it two times in a row. And I love to hit with my hitters. I think hitting with your hitters and competing against them is super, super fun Um, simply because if they can see you do it, they're more motivated to be like, oh, if she can do it, I can do it. Or male coaches, if he can do it, I can do it. It really Gives you a super like one up to other hitting coaches out there that maybe just sit on a bucket and put them all on a tee. You don't really want to do that. You want to be active with her. My dad sometimes would get up and like compete with me and hit with me. And it was kind of cool to see my dad work alongside me. So sometimes, especially when we're hitting the screen in the middle of the cage, we'll alternate shots. So let's say we'll each get three swings and the the person with the most amount of hits into the screen wins by the end. Um, and if we tie, we do tiebreakers and we just keep going. And then we we amp up the stakes or or things like that. I love competing with my athletes. Um, Put the screen in the middle of the cage, try to hit it two times in a row, or just see who can hit it first. Maybe you do like rock, paper, scissors and say the winner goes second because they get an advantage. Have, let's say, if the loser goes first, then they go. And if they hit it, then the next person has to hit it in order to stay in the game. Or if they don't hit it and the second person hits it, they automatically win. It's like, it's winner take all. It's it's somewhere where an athlete can get really motivated and excited to want to win. And then maybe you add burpees if you have to restart. So let's say she's doing this challenge herself and she's gone through, let's say five balls and she hasn't hit it yet. And her goal was to hit one out of the five into the screen. Well, have her do two burpees, get her heart rate up and get her back in there. It's really good to elevate the heart rate in order to one, have your athlete compete with her heart rate high, which in a game. That's exactly what we're trying to mimic here. That's the whole point of these challenges is to rise to the occasion. So get our heart rate up with some burpees and get back in there. It's a really, really good way for your athlete to be like, okay, I hate burpees or I hate push-ups, and let's just get this job done. Let's figure out a way. Let's find a way to win. That's what we want. We want gamers. All right. Those are the drills off of front toss and T. By the way, like I said, there's a million other ones you could do. Now, if you want to do some challenges that include nothing, play phase 10 with your family. (laughs) Play Uno with your family. Play Battleship. Play something. Race up the stairs. You could do that type of stuff. You could simply say... Um, have all your siblings get on the floor and see who can hold a plank the longest. Or if a plank's really tough for them, just say, Hey, you're gonna hold a plank for 60 seconds. I'll do it with you. Let's go. It's a really cool way for your athlete to finish that one-minute plank and say, Whoa, that was hard. And I just did that. Giving them ways and easy ways to build confidence. This is this is kind of the whole point of giving you some of these things to do with, you know, no equipment. You could also do have them give like 60 seconds, put a 60 second timer down and see if they can get through 10 mountain climbers and five pushups and 10 squats and two times around. That's a really, really tough challenge to do, but it's something that... Will able, it, don't have to get their heart rate up. It's really mentally challenging, which is the whole point of all of these. But it's another one of those things where, let's say they don't get it and it takes like a minute and 10 seconds to do it. And you say, let's do it until you get under a minute and they make that the goal. Or if they get it in a minute and 10 seconds, be like, okay, if you get it faster than a minute and 10, we're going to have ice cream for dinner. Or just something that'll get them excited and eager to beat their score and feel good about themselves. That's the whole point of these challenges, my friends. All right. Last challenge I'll give you where you need no equipment is maybe just do a seated rotational twist, working on core strength, which is like very pivotal for hitters. If you've been listening to any of my podcasts about hitting, the core is important. So let's do a little core exercise where you do a hundred seated rotational twists where you take your, this is kind of hard to describe on a podcast, but have your But on the ground, your feet in the air and you have to touch your knuckles to each side of your body and you have to do a hundred total taps. So left side is one, right side is two, and you go up to a hundred. It's going to require a lot of strength with that core. You might be a little sore at the end, but again, it's a challenge that'll be one of those that's tough, but also exciting to accomplish. All right, little bonus section. Like I said and mentioned before, coaches and parents get in on these challenges with your kids. They love competing and they love trying to beat people that they know, right? Like when they beat a friend, let's say they're competing against their friend in their rec ball game. Like that's exciting. Like it's exciting to go compete against them and being able to try to beat your parents or beat your coaches. There's another element that's exciting about that. Like I do not let my athletes win, unless they truly outright beat me. Now, some of my young ones, and you guys are probably like, "Well, you're picking on your kids. Well, I make the challenges a little bit easier for them than I do me, but they have to beat me fair and square. There's no point in doing a challenge and letting them win. All right, but it is fun when you get in on it. And if you lose the challenge, you're right there with them doing those push ups. I love that so much. It's one of my favorite things to do. And I'm telling you, you will be glad that you did it. They show up in a whole different way when they try to beat you. Now, another tip for these is try not to leave the cage or leave your hitting session without completing the challenge. Okay, Um, unless you're doing some sort of like live, like the situations, maybe ending it on like one where they didn't win the situation that's just life, right? We want to also teach them that they're not going to win every single game. They're not going to have the game winning hit every single time. So maybe ending the situation with them not winning is enough fire for them to be like, okay, we're done today, but let's do this again tomorrow. They'll be able to learn, okay, how can I go in tomorrow? And they start figuring things out on their own. But all these other challenges, try to make sure that you don't leave the cage without them completing it because there's that sense of pride in being able to work hard for something and win. So just to recap, front toss, we had, you can rate your swings. You had the five balls and try to get four hard hits out of them. Younger ones, maybe a little bit less. Two line drives in a row. We did situational hitting and off the tee, we're doing line drives into the back wall. We can set up a screen and try to hit it into it. Um, you can also add burpees if you don't win the challenges and then give them ownership of of their training like maybe have them pick out the challenge and make sure it's tough and pick out the challenges that really challenge them some days when their ego is kind of maybe down or maybe they're just not feeling their best maybe you do pick a little bit easier of a challenge to just boost that confidence but if they're ready for a tough challenge give it to them and maybe some days, out of all of these, you say, hey, I'll give you, I'll give you a choice. You can do this challenge or this challenge and then make them have to choose. And then all of a sudden they're choosing what they're going to go complete. And then that pride in completing it is so fun. And then the last things that you can do, you can hold a plank for a minute, you can try to get through three different exercises within 60 seconds, or do 100 seated seated rotational twists, whatever you need to do to keep it fun, that's the whole point. And like I said, board games are fun, like have them compete against your siblings, compete against your family. It is now the holiday season, so phase 10 better be out on the table, or sequence, or just games to help them compete. Maybe you set up some relay races in the house. Just ways for your athletes to compete. That is how you find the best versions of them. Don't forget, these challenges are helping your athlete discover who they are, work through hard things, and build confidence. I am so, so glad that you chose to listen to me, especially since we're closer to the holidays. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. And don't forget, the Virtual Hitting Academy is going live on January 1st, and you can sign up to join that wait list so you can see the behind the scenes, get early access, and get access to some of those freebies. I'm so excited that you listened to me today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget to stay humble, stay awkward, keep smiling, and keep working your tail off towards your dreams. I promise you it'll be worth it.